All right, here we go. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is my bride of 29 years. <laughs> what? I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> 29? Uh, yeah. 28. Sorry, 28 and 11 months. <laughs> or 28 and 6 months. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Um, hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> this is this is kind of interesting because we are here in the middle of the work day, which is weird for me, and I'm super anxious because I have so much more work to do. Yeah, this is big of John to like actually schedule this in the middle of his day. Um, so to cut to the quick, unless you want to, uh, do we want to talk about what's going on in life? Because there's all sorts of things going on in the world. No, no, no. we are going to start by talking about the rally we went to on Sunday. Well, first, the coronavirus is over, so we're done worrying about that. Yikes. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we're looking at there. Um, but uh, certainly, as we all know, the headlines have been taken over by the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of the murder of George Floyd by a police officer. I read a rumor today that they thought that maybe the police officer was an actor um, played by the cash cab guy. What? Um, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So the newest conspiracy mean to laugh, theory. But there's, oh, there's so much stuff online. It's so difficult to navigate. And um, it's scary because there's just about no thing that isn't being said or um, uh, thrown out as um, motivation, as you know, conspiracy, and it's it's a tough it's a tough time. Is it worth spending a minute talking about what we know? Sure. Right. So, I think it's fair to say we know that as much as our lives matter, black lives matter. Black lives matter. Can we say, can we all agree black on that? Black lives matter. And if you're listening, actually, John did not do his Instagram live last Thursday. Um, it was a combination of so much going on, uh, letting other voices speak up, whether that was right or wrong, exhaustion, uh, and John's busier than ever. Um, we didn't do it. One of the questions was, I really like your stuff. I really follow you. Why are you saying, I'm surprised by your post, Black Lives Matter. Why are you saying Black Lives Matter? Why are you not saying All Lives Matter? If anybody knows us at all, they know how much we value humans and their experience and their life and every kid and every mom and every dad and every human. Right now... Our black brothers and sisters and friends um, need our help, need, are in pain. And, and, and so I was thinking there's a, a million analogies and little pictures that, that illustrate the difference. Like right now in this moment, you know, we need, they need our help. Um, and I was thinking like if you have, you know, three kids and one of your kids came to you and said, you know, mom, dad, I'm so broken and scared and um, uh, in pain and lost and beaten down. You wouldn't say, oh, you know, let me go talk to, you know, 
your other brothers and sisters right now, or, or you wouldn't talk about how great they're doing. You would stop what you're doing. Thank your God, tracks. two of my kids are doing great because you are a mess. Yeah, and so listen I'm going to focus on them. You would just like open your whole heart and listen to your kiddo. And so our black kiddos and adults need our help. And um, and we owe them our help, our time, our energy, our uh, our focus, our love and empathy and listening um, because they've been suffering for so long. Um, and, and I, I uh, recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago when the, when this was all getting started, kind of focusing on, you know, how little I know. Like, I like, I love doing this podcast. I love doing Instagram Lives. Part of it is it's handy being an expert, handy having 20-some years experience mm -hmm. in this thing. Suddenly this comes along, and I feel like, ooh, I don't know this. I am a student of what a black life is like. And, okay, sorry. And, 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 and as such, that, that's part of the reason I didn't do my Instagram Live either, because I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm a psychological expert, but I don't know what that's like. I don't know what the psychology of that is like, where you start baseline, super anxious, super depressed, because you're being oppressed economically, you're being oppressed by a systemic system of policing and control that really doesn't provide you enough opportunity to get out from underneath the fear and the potential that you carry. And that is wretched, right? That's a really rough, awful way to live. And we owe everybody better than that. And right now we know because there's a moment here that our black brothers and sisters are not afforded that opportunity and that freedom to just walk down the street and breathe easy, like yeah. we take for granted. So you did a podcast with Heidi Stevens, um, and she had you had a couple of women on who um, black women who have black sons, and that you know of course resonated with me right away. That um, they you know I didn't have to tell my kid be careful when you are out riding your bike because if you do something wrong, you're not going to get treated the same way as, you know, Joey. Um, or, you know, you're, you have to warn, I didn't have to break my heart and warn my kid that he's going to get, um, they, he won't be treated fairly by the police or by the guy at the store. And he might be looking at, looked at sideways because of the color of his skin. And I, you know, you know me, I'm as tenderhearted as I am with George. That would have been a, that, that, that's a gut wrenching thought to have to prepare your kid. Your three year old, your the four year old. The world is kind of against them. Yep. Not yep. to be melodramatic. I mean, that's just the truth in what they said. Nothing melodramatic about it. And, um, you know, I remember one of our good friends, she's like a daughter to us. Um, talking about, you know, I, I have to say, like, I was talking to George before I came over here, like, I feel like I've been super naive. Now, the last three years, that's some of that, a lot of that has worn off. It's like, oh, oh, this shit still goes on. These ideas are still in people's heads. You know, white supremacy is still 
uh, an organized thing. Anti-Semitism is 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 coming is making a comeback. You know, I really thought, oh, and you know, which probably didn't serve a lot of us. It, it's it, it's been emboldened, but but our a really, a, a, you know, someone who's a daughter to us. Um, and I won't use her name because, you know, I didn't, haven't asked, but, um, you know, she's just talking about a couple of her experiences. You know, she's a brilliant, beautiful, accomplished. She has an amazing job right now. I'm not going to say anything identifying, but, you know, she was uh, working on a project for five hours in college brilliant again brilliant beautiful top of the heap <laughs> top of the human heap and oh yeah if, she if walked you met out this young woman and, you'd be uh, like oh man she is a she's a she's superstar she's a yeah. superstar yeah so, but she she tells a story how she walked walked down, and these three frat boys and i use that you know like in, in its it, most derogatory it is, way well yeah just but three white boys walk by and say douchey, hey douchey hey shaquitha or something they called her, you know, that's not her name, but they, it's just kind of like, you know, she's so they just wanted to diminish her. So, and she felt small and yeah. devastated in two seconds. Someone also, and this was a college campus in the Midwest. And also, all of a sudden, I feel really soapboxy, but I'm just remembering, like, I had no idea the shit went on. And there was another horrible story about her college selection process. I really didn't know, I mean, shame on me, that there was racism on college campuses. Yeah. Um, That's, um, that, that, this that was is four a four years ago. I did not know. I thought, oh, college campuses are woke. Progressive and you know, woke. And, 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 and that is not where this shit goes on. Well, I was wrong. Oh, I guess I'm mad. And, well, and racism is... Everywhere, and and, and I, I think part of what we need to recognize now in ourselves is we we carry it, or at least we're not. I, I, there's this term anti-racist, right? Um, and you know, um, even if you don't understand the ins and outs of your own psyche around this, which it's tricky to really dig deep enough to get where you're where you're coming from at the very least you can be actively anti-racist in your thoughts and in your behavior and in your support there is right now a par paradigm laid out for us who are who are white and privileged um to and i know privilege is kind of an overused word but it's a damn good one too to kind of um follow a certain path and be allies to um, to to black people, you know? Okay, um, so right, uh, uh, right. And on that note, you know, I think one of the things that's coming up now, and I think people are starting to get concerned that the momentum, you know, you said we have a paradigm. I don't, I think many of us don't know exactly what we're supposed to do next. And I do... Um, we want to talk about a rally we went to on Sunday. Um, there's not even a lot of organization um, or standout leadership and 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 specific direction. Um, you know that we're all that we're all, that everybody's taking. Uh, 
But one thing that we can all start with is all of us. And and, and we are not coming from, I am not coming from a self-righteous place. That's one thing. Two things. Nobody has the right to be self-righteous. Like, we can all lose whatever of that on our shoulder we have or whatever. In, a, in, in, in ourselves. And, you know, part of that in all of us is a little, uh, that muscle is a little well, it's kind of strong right now because things have been so divisive. And um, so it's, a, it's kind of a, empathy's not what we're leading with a lot right now. That, 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 that worries me. We're out of the practice of that. We're in the practice of being right and having a script and having a narrative. And I'm guilty of it, and you've, you're you guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Totally. So if we can drop any sense that we know the answers, that we know better than somebody else, that's a good start. Humility. If we can just start from a place of humility, um, acknowledging that there's experiences we don't understand and we have not had to go through. There's people who have to live with it every day to the point where it beats them down and they don't have the juice to like walk out the door and live. yeah, and where, you know, they they may, as I've heard from a mom or two in the last week or two, um, be post-traumatic just about hearing what's going on right now. You know, there are young men who, uh, young black men who, if you picture it, like, you know, you're seeing footage of men being killed by police. Over and over and, and over and over And every young black man again. has some set of stories about his fear of the police, his fear of the police. You know what I mean? Like that's still something I, I, you know, I'll admit my ignorance. You know, I don't know what that feels like at all. The idea of walking down the street and being afraid um, all the time. You know, kind of like at baseline. I that that that's something I struggle with um, because as it, somebody who works in mental health, to know somebody who their entire waking lives and probably most of their sleeping lives is wired and anxious and afraid um or 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 defeated or defeat well all of it you know yeah. d- uh, and and um and discouraged from opportunity um you know yeah so so to shift gears a little bit um, and again, this may not be the most fluid conversation because I think Julie and I will admit we are trying to figure this out as we go. No, and, and yeah, for the record, we're we're just trying. And yeah. some of our friends and in the, in the women you did the podcast with, they're they're saying, speak, speak up, yeah. talk, talk, talk to each other, talk, talk about it. And it's and screw so it up, screw it up, and get it better. We're not sitting here because we have any answers. I already said that. So we're this is this comes from an effort towards humility and starting a conversation, you know, joining the conversation, which, um, you know, we need to be allies to, to each other. We need to be allies. Yeah, and I think leading with empathy is, is huge. And, well... Humility. <laughs> 
and humility and, yeah, and empathy. Yeah. Um, so, so um, when I was growing up, just a, a moment of backstory before we tell this story. Um, for some reason, so I, I grew up in a, uh, a northwest suburb of Chicago, um, in a in one of those um, households where racism wasn't overt and blatant. It was kind of in these these fits and starts where it was like, hmm, what wait, what, what was that? What did that mean now? You know, and like, and I remember my father and um, other members of my family somehow focusing on the specific spot on the south side of Chicago, which I can say with some authority, they never, ever, ever came within 10 miles of. Um, and it was 79th and Cottage Grove. Somehow this was ground zero for black people committing crime. This was my dad's biggest fear. That's interesting. Seven, yeah. 79th and Cottage Grove. So I get home from work the other day and um, the guy who I know we've spoken to about on this podcast before because he was part of the Zen Parenting Conference a while back. Jamal Cole. Jamal Cole. My block, my hood, my city. So uh, Jamal is leading one of these rallies, um, these protest marches, peaceful. Um, it is at the corner of 79th and Cottage Grove. In Chatham. In Chatham. Um, and so there I was sitting on the you know, kind of like, you know, with my legs crossed like a, a second grader on the ground at 79th and Cottage Grove with, you know, 2,000 of my closest friends listening to Jamal Cole tell, talk to me about peace and racism and how a system works and, you know, how a system gets rigged in the kindest way and the coolest way and the most welcoming and accepting way. And, um, so just let me stop for a second. So 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 he is a he's the real deal. He's an activist. He's he is constantly working to improve his neighborhood. And again, his organization is my block, my hood, my city. You start on your block and you know and it 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 improves your neighborhood and it improves your city. Um I don't want to jump the gun here, but you know, he kept saying, you know, there's 15 words. You know, you don't need to be a politician. You don't need to have a master's degree to make a difference. There's 15 words that you can use, and, and they are this. What's something simple I can do that will have a positive impact on my block? Um, and, you know, this is more of a conclusion, but I'll just throw it in right now. I was thinking, so... In this discord, in this moment with coronavirus and Black Lives Matter and protests and all this upheaval and all this pain and anger, fear, anger, you know, fear, yeah. fear and all these narratives, you know, if we all say drop the, uh, you know, we don't need to feel living guilt and shame and be in defense, you know. Um, just think, what's one thing I can do today to have a, have a positive impact on whether it's my block or someone, you know, it, 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 have a positive impact on this moment. Have a positive impact when I walk down the street, when I walk into the store, when I post something on social media, when I, when I respond to someone else's post. 
what can I do that's, that moves us forward and not back? What can I do that's not the typical effing script that we're all used to hearing that means nothing, that shuts us down? Like, all lives matter, or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't mean to say that in a flippant way. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. So, right, right, no, I'm, um, and, and right, this is, this is rocky, but it's okay. Um, and did you have an answer for that? Like, I, I, so I, I didn't, I don't have an answer for that. Like, what's one thing I can do, you know? I found myself at this rally. So we went with George and Lauren, Julie and I. Um, we, we met some friends there, but I found myself, so, um, yeah, we had a, we had a good number of friends there, and we could have just marched together, right? And and felt like good about ourselves. We did our part. We showed up. You know, we did our thing. Um, I I found myself feeling like I have the there, there's a rare opportunity for me here because I live in a lily white suburb, and I thought. I want to talk to these people. I want to, so I found myself kind of like <laughs> almost invading conversations a couple of times, but just to talk to people and, you know, what, because the, the one thing I've learned from my job, the only thing I think I know inherently is um, I can take someone I have nothing in common with who sits across from me in my office and and I might not even think much of them. I might think like, I don't like this guy very much. <laughs> and then within mm, five minutes on the very long end, but probably 30 seconds, I find this vein of empathy because I'm a human being and we're all human beings and we all find this. This is just something I'm, I, I happen to do a lot. You know what I mean? And so I thought, okay, this is the only thing I know how to practice is this conversation. So I'm going to converse with people and I wanna see what that nets and how that feels. And all I can say with authority based on two and a half hours is that felt good. It felt good to talk to people and to recognize, oh, we have some stuff in common. We have a lot of stuff not in common. Um, there is a tremendous amount of goodwill here. You know what I mean? Like yeah, once so we started talking, I realized like, you know, oh yeah, like, you know, I like this dude. I like this woman. I like this little kid in this car who's fist bumping me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, so so just to back up for a second, you know, it, first of all, Jamal Cole absolutely like set the tone. We wanted to go uh, to this particular rally, peace march, because he was leading it. Also, there were two, and I think there's going to be another one. And actually, I was very surprised and very proud. There two, have been two marches in Lagrange. Um, and, you know, but we want, definitely wanted to go and experience a neighborhood, you know, that we hadn't, we, that we'd never been to, you know, and kind of, um, you know, be a guest in that space. And we felt like guests. And, you know, the, the, but the, the vibe was so welcoming. You know, it wasn't, um, and I could even see where, like, what are you people just showing up, you know, to, post a picture on your friggin' Instagram. Right. But it was a very together, it felt very together. Um, a lot of smiles at each other, a lot of gratitude. And, and you know, we I felt bad. And I, and I want you to tell your story. I didn't mean to interrupt. 
because you these dudes came up to you and they're like, "Hey, man, thanks for coming," and you weren't like, "Don't thank me," like you know, thank you. But but I just wanted to say um, that all in all, it was such. Um, it felt so connected. Like we were all we didn't even know what what next, but like we're we're here for you. Let's do this, whatever it is. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. And that's and, and maybe that's the point. Is like you know. Um, I don't know where everybody stands on this issue. I, I, I will admit that I, if you, if you have a problem with the phrase "Black Lives Matter," I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I don't know how to engage somebody in a in, an, in a respectful discussion who can't get on board with that thought, given the circumstances, and given the history between the races. I think it takes a lot of denial, like like really forced denial to recognize that the system's not rigged in favor of white people, you know what I mean? And that it's time for black people to have a moment, and, and not just a moment, but like um, we, one, one thing, so I'm talking to these three guys, you know, you asked me to tell this story, I'm gonna tell a different story. So oh. I'm talking to these group of guys and um, and I, you know, uh, I, I, like you would expect, I really liked them. They were fun and funny, and they told really good stories. And um, and I think, like, oh, my God, like, it's insane that the color of our skin without George Floyd being murdered would have precluded me ever connecting with these men who I really like. Like, you know, one guy's like, give me your card. I want to get in touch with you. Let's let's talk, you know, like, and maybe you'll be on your podcast or Well, whatever. I mean, and not just the color, but really the, 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 we would never have been in that neighborhood either. That's where we met, you know, that you, he, that he lived there. With, your, your paths would never have crossed. It's not like, I'm just saying, you but, know. But, the, you had, but you, that neighborhood exists because these neighborhoods are segregated because of skin color. Right, you know what I mean. In other words, that neighborhood looks like any neighborhood on the on the north side. No, other, right, right. Other than the, you know, right. Like everybody's got a friggin' bungalow because it's Chicago, and that's what we have. Um, and the lawns are cut, and you know, it looks very nice. Other than they don't have the luxury of a Chase Bank; they have a currency exchange. I'm they sure don't this have... is like um, my 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 white fragility, but I I would just want to make clear: you're saying it, because of the color of their skin, you wouldn't have had a conversation with him. That's not really true. You, you, you have a lot of conversations with people of color. But, oh, no, I'm not avoiding conversations with people of but, color. My but paths it's don't cross. because our paths would not have crossed right. this, these dudes' paths. I see your point. Yes, That's yes, yes. My point. Okay, fine, fine. Um, agreed. But I, I think about um, when I'm when I in those instances where I meet somebody different than me, I always think to myself, where, where why are these people not? Why are we not? part of each other's lives? Why are we not uh, creating missions together? Why are we not working together to make the world the place we want it to be? How much talent and collaboration are we leaving on the table for the sake of fucking race? I mean, it seems crazy to me, you know? Um, and it seems like the most outdated concept and the, the better story and again, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm, I will admit to my ignorance, but the better story seems to me to be, oh, let's spend way more time in Chatham. 
let's invite people to LaGrange. I love the idea of everybody visiting everybody else's neighborhood instead of making it like this old school Duffy idea, like do not go down there, it's super dangerous. It's like, you know, no, we should be able to, we should be walking down each other's streets without looking at each other sideways. That's, that's, that's what I kind of dream of. And then I like the idea of like working together and planning together and hanging together and playing together. And I think where kids do that and adults do that it's got to be better. It's got to oh, yeah. be way more interesting and more fun. And and it's not a matter just to give just to give we white people a little bit of a break. We don't have to not see color. This is one thing I'm learning from discussing things with black people. We can see color. It's okay to see color, and it's okay to see differences because there's a different culture. There, you know, we have different cultures. That's okay. It's okay to recognize differences. It's okay not to know what to friggin' do. Right. But, it's not okay to shut up. You know what I mean? It's okay to mess this up. It's okay for this to be a terrible podcast. But yeah. <laughs> but it's not okay not to have the podcast. It's not okay not to say anything or do anything. You know, like this idea that silence is violence feels, oh, it's catchy, right? It's, it's cliche-ish, but it's also, it rings. You know what I mean? Like... Um, we yeah. can't just look the other way. People are people are dying as a result of this, whether it's at the hands of a police officer or because of the lack of opportunity, malnutrition, uh, drug use and abuse because of hopelessness. And we're part of that. We're part of the machine that created all that. And the good news is, looking forward, we can be part of the machine that fixes that. Like, we can, sh- we can shift that and... We can we can let this moment linger and last instead of making this. <laughs> there was a black female comedian who said, uh, "Why y'all white people stop uh, stop cheering now? Did you think this was Spirit Week?" <laughs> Which oh, I kind of loved. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it comes from you know I wish I could even remember the name of that economist that was on deck, Shepard. But it comes from a, what do they call it? A deficit. Model that now what's the what's a lack lack like scarcity scarcity sorry scarcity where like if they have if they get more we get less they're gonna take some of ours whatever that means you know black Americans want or black people all over the world they just want what they deserve they want the same they they don't want to take over. They want what uh, they've always deserved. A seat at the table, Yeah, they want man. a seat at it's, the table. It's literally... Human rights. Equality. Yeah, they just want to be like one of us. They, 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 and, and every single human on the friggin' planet, you know, argue with us on this, you know, like, deserves that. You know what I mean? We, we are all... We all bring something important to the table. Everyone deserves respect and basic human rights and decency toward them. You know what I mean? The last people, you know, and the idea that it is okay in 2020 to kneel on a man's neck until he dies, I think we can agree that is not okay. And certainly nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves and nobody should have to walk through America or any city on earth scared. For their lives. Yeah. So, oh, so one of the things, that, right? So to be just, to able to be able to be diminished, to have everything taken away from you in a second. You know, like we have the power to do that to someone 
uh, I, the women that were on your podcast with Heidi, one of their husbands is a uh, black man. He's in finance. He went to Yale. He's, you know, um, and, and she told the story of the little white old lady who would say to him, hi, honey, every day. You know, because there he was in his suit, and then one day he was in his, I don't know, leisure wear or sweats or something, and she grabbed her purse because she didn't recognize him. Just that feeling, you know, like, because you are a threat to me because of the way you look. We don't understand that. Yep, we don't understand that. And so everything you are in that moment, not literally, but, like, spiritually and, like, in your heart is just taken away from you because, to I don't know, I, I imagine... You know, when some because someone is afraid of the sight of you, when yesterday, because you had your suit on, you you were sweetie. So, um, and this might be a, an interesting final thought. So, I, I, at the end of our walk, I was talking to one man in particular, um, and um, he's young. He's 32, and um, and I asked him uh, if he feels hope. You know, given all that's going on, mm. and he said, um, "Yeah, yeah, man, this this is a beautiful world, and look what's happening around us here." Um, and you know, I, I'm thinking like, "Wow, all we're all we're doing is being here." You know what I mean? Like this is this is what it takes to instill hope, right? You know what I mean? It's just like crossing the friggin' bridge, right? And and saying like, you know, "Hey, I see you. Do you see me? Are we good?" I think we might be good. You know what I mean? Like maybe the the differences we perceive, the old school Walt Duffy, I'm afraid of you just because you look different than me. That and I'm not indicting my father. That was a he was. Well, maybe I mean. Maybe I am. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it is not lost on me the symbolism of being on that corner and feeling as safe and welcome, as comfortable as a guy could possibly feel sitting in front of his house. Um, and I think it's all, I, I think part of our solution, and again, I know very little about this, is empathy. And that's not just like, I feel badly for you. It's not sympathy. No, it's, right. No, no, it's no, no, not, no, 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 you know, no, no, nobody, no. Nobody's uh-uh. looking for pity. Uh-uh. People are looking for a seat at the table because everyone's got, everyone brings something big to the table, man. And, you know, and you listen to some of these speakers and you talk to some of these people and you realize, oh, yeah, there's spirit here there's intelligence here there is wisdom here and depth and and um optimism where it where a dandelion grows in the concrete man like it's unbelievably impressive so all we have to do is i don't know what we have to do meet we have to meet and be available and present and and and, um, and, and, lose, and move toward, not away from. Right, and lose lose your all of us, lose your righteousness, like yourself. You know, don't assume or focus on the ways you think you're right, or nice, or. Um, I'm a good person. I you know. You know. Yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, become. Come at it with humility, open mind, and um, willingness to learn. And and yeah, and we are um, kind of hardwired again, like I said, right now for divisiveness and and um, rhetoric. 
but we all need each other. And black lives matter. And, you know, I'm literally picturing like a sign. It's a meme. Like there's a little girl holding the sign. It's like black lives matter doesn't mean all lives don't matter. It means we're hurting right now and we need your help. Right. We need your help. And And another sign I picture is black lives matter. But that's the basics. Black lives are necessary. We yes. need black yes. people, man. Yeah, they, it's more they, right. No, that's, yeah. that's good. Their their uh, black lives need to be you know uh, honored and uh, cherished and yes, more than just matter. But they're just looking for um, a seat at the table, man. Just like you and me. What they the as quality. humans, what they are are the real. <laughs> what they know they are. What we know they are. Deep down, I hope, um, are equals. There are people. We're all our, We're all each other's people. You know, yeah. um, our closest friend who happens to be black, but this is not particularly relevant. Mark Collins. He always says, like, you're all my people. Every yeah. one of you is my people. You know what I mean? And Mark can Mark can be on the opposite side politically and socially and in every other way with somebody and he will bring them into a big bear hug and say I love you man you are my person and it's like that's the vibe so that's that's what we know do you want to share Jamal's uh, thoughts I'm just going to read this one more time and go to formyblock.org you can donate Uh, one of the things he does that is amazing um, and, and it kind of really illustrates uh, the upstream um, approach <laughs> um, is, you know, this guy that we, that John, one of the guys that you were talking to, um, you know, you were saying, I've never been here before. And he goes, that's okay, dude. I've never been to your neighborhood either. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jamal realized a lot of these kids, you know, a lot of people live and die in their neighborhood they never go anywhere. So a lot of these kids, I'm yelling, a lot of these kids, <laughs> you know, who live in Chatham have never been to the Art Institute. They've to never the been to Navy front. Pier. They've never been to the lakefront. The They've never been to away. Second City. They've never been, you know. So he organizes and gets these kids out of the neighborhoods so they can open to open their mind and their hearts and um, and show them what's possible. Because if you, if you think about it, if you just, all of us, if we live in the same space, whether it's our heads, our stories, our narratives, our scripts, or literally our neighborhoods, then that's small. That's yeah. not. Then, then you're not. Then we're not getting the picture. We're missing everything. Yeah. So, what's something simple I can do that will have a positive impact on my block or sub on my? on someone else's day or experience. Um, Yeah, thank you, Jamal Cole, my block, my hood, my city. Thank you for the experience, and we will try. Thank you for the neighborhood of Chatham. Yeah, um, Chatham, thank you for hosting. For hosting, for. Welcoming. um, Yeah, welcoming us so graciously. Um, We will be back. Yeah. And um, and there's a whole now host of areas of the city I want to now explore. Um, In the meantime, I think this is better. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Love you, honey.